You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy, and you are listening to the official podcast of the DisneyInsider.com, the podcast that covers all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and, of course, Star Wars, with some Fox sprinkled in just for fun. That's right. This is The D-Cast. This week is Thanksgiving week if you are in the United States. As such, those of us who are in the States, things are crazy schedule-wise, so our upload schedule is a little weird, as you may notice. Also, we're rolling out some new shows on this podcast feast that we are super, super excited about. First one I'm going to talk about real quick is The Insiders. That, of course, is myself and the editor-in-chief of TheDizInsider.com, Skylar Schuler, where we talk everything Disney within Hollywood and the entertainment industry, just kind of like the, the, the insiders of what's going on in Disney. Think of it as Entertainment Tonight on a podcast, When Entertainment Tonight Was Good, about Disney. That's what The Insider is. Is we are we're super excited about that show. Also, besides our regular weekly show with me and the rest of the crew, we have a new series that we're slowly rolling out called Conversations. Conversations is just interviews we have with Disney influencers, Imagineers, animators, creators, actors, vocalists, whoever does something to or for is inspired by Disney. We want to talk to them. And we've had this is we've had one episode so far and we're getting into our second episode. And this episode of Conversations is really cool because it was kind of dropped in our lap. And Brooke, our wonderful Brooke, the, uh, one of the hosts of our Wednesday night show, had the amazing opportunity this week to interview Ramon Reed. And if you have not heard of Ramon Reed, I don't know where you've been. Um, this kid is like the triple threat. He is on Broadway. He is a vocalist. He's a recording artist and he's an actor. You may know him from The Lion King live on Broadway. You may know. You may also know him from the Disney Channel. Um, just roll with it on the Disney Channel where he plays the one, the only only Owen Blatt, amazing, amazing kid. And this weekend, November 30th, he is dropping a cover of Santa Goes Straight to the Ghetto. I've heard this song and we're sampling it here. Just a little snippet on the interview with Brooke and Ramon. I'm so excited that that his, his agent allowed us to do that and get to get a little sample of it. And I would encourage you, go go support him, if it, uh, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. This kid, I, I'm super excited about where he's going and what he's doing and so yeah, this is an amazing interview. So go ahead and sit back. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor over at anchor.fm where you can create a podcast and uh, we'll start our interview with the one, the only Ramon Reed. So for those for those who don't already know Ramon, uh, he has one insane resume. He has played young Simba both on Broadway and in the national tour of The Lion King and now stars in a new Disney Channel show that premiered in June of this year. Just roll with it. He is a multi-talented performer. Oh, thank so, you. You're welcome, man. So Going over your resume, like, that is exactly what I've always wanted to do. Be on Broadway, <laughs> do a Disney Channel show, and and you're how old? Uh, 14 years old. Dude, that's so insane. Uh, like, 
that's got to make for a really busy schedule. Like, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you stay sane throughout all those crazy hours? What really keeps you grounded? Um, I think it's very important to separate uh, work and school and uh, social time. So definitely my family, my dad, my mom, my baby sister, and uh, everyone else, they definitely keep me going keep me on a level playing field. And uh, that's how I pretty much stay sane. Awesome. So in the separating of work and play and school, what do you do for fun? Oh, man, I love to play video games. I'm definitely I'm, I'm like a PS4 and PC gamer. So, oh, uh, dude. Yeah. My- my PS4 just got taken away because my brother, it actually belongs to him. So he moved what? out. Now I don't have one anymore. We got to get you another one. <laughs> I know. What's your go-to game? My go-to game? Um, I, I've already finished the game, but it's probably Far Cry 5 with my friend. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Have you been playing Spider-Man at all? You know what? I watched it. And I was going to get it, but then I was like, I've already seen everything. But it, I, it was an insane, amazing game. Amazing game. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else have I got? Oh, yeah. There was a Just Roll With It marathon on last night on Disney Channel. I had no clue. <laughs> yeah. So my mom and I sat down and watched all of it. I was really excited. Oh, thank um, you. And we were laughing at all the ridiculous things you had to do. It's crazy. Uh, Can you explain to our listeners who might not know what the show is about, what the show is, and who your character is? Um, Well, first of all, Just Roll With It is uh, one of its kind uh, series. It's the first that has ever been done uh, in television history. So um, it's uh, kind of a, it is a hybrid show. So we blend a scripted uh, sitcom TV show. And then we have this live audience and they get to uh, pick what happens uh, three times throughout the show. So three times throughout the show, a foghorn will go off and that notifies the audience that it's time for them to vote on like whatever happens. And then whatever happens, we improv our way through those crazy scenarios. So it can be uh, getting goo on ourselves, uh, being on a game show and having to do like an obstacle course or something or improving a whole different scene that we didn't rehearse. Oh my gosh. So right. when you hear this sound... Right, that sound. Just roll with it. it. Yeah. Now, who's your character? Um, Owen. He's a very uh, by the book young man. He's um, very big on grades, academics. Um, He follows all rules. His uh, his only rule. I forgot it. There was this line in the show. uh, His only rule is to follow all the rules. I think that's what I said. Uh, But yeah, he definitely follows the rules. Um, He uh, it this family dynamic that uh, we have going on. So um, I have a a stepsister named Blair and then I have Mm -hmm. my dad named Byron. Then I have my stepmom named Rachel. So uh, Blair and Byron, they uh, more, they are like each other. And then Owen and uh, Rachel were more like each other. So it's Mm -hmm. it's that kind of opposite to track going on. That's great. And it, it's so unusual to me to see a whole family on a Disney Channel show, right. they're always like missing the mom or missing the dad. One of the right. parents is gone, so it's cool to see how you all play off of each other. Yes. Uh, would you say that Owen is 
more similar to who you are in real life or not? Um, it, it really depends in certain aspects. I guess uh, me and Owen, yes, we kind of we like being clean and organized. But on the school side, I'm a little bit of a procrastinator. I, I get it done. Hey. But yeah, I procrastinate a little bit. So I, I would give it like a 50 50. Yeah, I would give it a 50. Okay. I feel y'all on the procrastination thing. Don't tell my mom, but she already knows. <laughs> so you were talking about how the show is one of its, the first of its kind, right. the first um, partially unscripted show with right. the audience voting. Yes. Uh, I noticed that it was produced by two people, Adam Small and Trevor Moore. And I didn't know who they were at first, but one of them, is a reality TV producer mm-hmm. and the other one does sketch comedy shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems like that's sort of a match made in heaven. <laughs> uh, uh, how do they vote on what's going to happen to you? How does the audience get to do that? Um, so um, while uh, we're rehearsing throughout the week of uh, the episode that will, uh, that will be taking place or that we will be filming for that week, mm-hmm. um, we'd like to go up where the audience sit and we realize they have like these little remotes with numbers mm-hmm. on them. So they have screens um, that they watch, like where we're performing and what we're doing. They have like TV screens like you have at uh, your home. And then when that fall card goes off, they grab their remotes and they press one, two, or three, and the uh, options are numbered one, two, or three. So you just press what number you want, and that uh, will transmit directly to the option that you want to pick. So basically, you have to be really good with the audience. You have to be real nice to them because yeah. even if they're real nice, they're real mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. but we love uh, it. We definitely love it. What's the weirdest thing that's happened so far on set? Oh, man, the weirdest thing. It, could it be like while we're not uh, shooting episode or while we're rehearsing? Yeah. It, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things. <laughs> um, let, Let's see. What was the most recent episode? I forgot. Oh, oh uh, the most... Oh, 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 okay. So there is an episode coming out this Friday titled Owen Ooh. Fest. And uh, it was inspired off of a festival that uh, went terribly wrong. So um, mm-hmm. I think in there, this is like the only stunt that I got. Well, the only scenario, they like to call it scenarios. The only scenario that I got to eat something like super gross. So I had to eat like a, um, a sushi roll with peanut butter an octopus. It, it was a lot in it, but you have oh. to watch to see the rest. It was very crazy, okay. very nasty. I totally will. Well, that's also weird because we were watching, um, I think it's on the karate episode they mm-hmm. do this, uh, but where you all make this disgusting concoction in a blender and they make yes. the parents <laughs> Yes. My mom was like, oh, there's no way they would ever make a kid eat something nasty. I was so nervous because I thought so- they were. <laughs> ah, but the, just the fact that you might get to eat something gross or do something just insane right. is so nerve-wracking to me and I'm not even on the show (laughs) um so there's a ton of improv going on in this show uh 
Do you have a favorite improv game at all? Oh, a favorite improv game? Um, definitely like an original freeze. That's uh, really fun. If you don't know what freeze is, that's when uh, you line up in a back line with all your other improv uh, partners and you start a scene and, you know, you play out that scene going into cabinets and, you you know, you just improv off of yeah. whatever you're doing. And someone yells freeze when you're in a certain position. So that person who yells freeze, they tap someone out, they get into that same position and start a whole different scene. And I love that game. I'm so happy you said that one because my favorite was uh, five in, five out, which is ah. basically the same thing mm-hmm. but with five people, right. four, three, two, one. Uh, yeah. And uh, is comedy like your your first? Okay, let me rephrase that. <laughs> uh, uh, this is a comedy first and foremost, and being a comedic actor, is there any stand-up or other comedians that you really look up to? Oh, definitely. Um, definitely people like um, Kevin Hart, uh, Eddie Murphy, uh, Bernie Mac. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, D.L. Hughley. Um, yeah. Who else? Who else? Um, Chris Rock. You know, all of those people. They're super good. Uh, look up to them. I think what they do is very amazing. Yeah, that's so cool, too, because uh, I, the first thing that came off to me when I saw you performing was your stage presence. I really enjoyed the confidence that you had in your stage presence and kind of the ease with everything. Oh, thank so I you can so much. See that. <laughs> You're welcome, man. I could see that kind of Chris Rock vibe <laughs> coming off there. Uh, and, you know, speaking of stage presence, speaking of everything that you do with that, I hear that you got a new single I do. Coming out. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I really love James Brown, one of my favorite artists of all time. And I really wanted to do a cover on his song, uh, his Christmas song titled Santa Claus Goes Straight to the Ghetto. And I was like, man, I really love this song. But, you know, it's a little outdated for uh the society we're we live in now so i want to modernize it a little bit make it um still keep that jazziness in there but you know make it a digestible for uh the more uh millennialistic is that a word or whatever you call it millennialistic aren't we gen z now (laughs) (laughs) but you know for for the uh audience uh that, you know, what the music that they like. So um, I was like, Mom, I really want to do this. So um, we went met with some producers. And then um, we met this super, super, super amazing producer named uh, Esteban. Uh, he produced the uh, cover. And I absolutely love it. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. Comes out uh, December 2nd, uh, 12 a.m.? 12, yes, 12 a.m. on uh, whatever time zone you're on. <laughs> Okay, well, you don't have to be there on December 2nd at 12 a.m. on whatever time zone you're on <laughs> to listen to this clip we got. Ooh, let's, let's hear it. I know. About Garrett, I said, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, please go straight to the ghetto. Straight to the ghetto. Santa Claus, Santa Claus, you got to go straight to the ghetto. Straight to the ghetto. Straight to the ghetto, straight to the ghetto. You know that I know what you'll see. That is so.
so cool, man. Thank you so much. So, uh, of course, James Brown was the original singer of that song. And you can still feel, even though it's got um, a more updated pop tone, Mm -hmm. you still feel that Motown in there, or at least I do. Yeah. And, yeah, you bring such a youth to it, a very joyful spirit about that. That's exactly what we were trying to go for. You know, something that everyone can dance to the grandmas, the uncles, the kids, everyone. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And um, for those who have never heard Santa Claus go straight to the ghetto before, uh, not the James Brown version. Uh, there are other people who have also covered this Snoop Dogg and boys to men and Anthony Hamilton and just being added to that lineup has got to be so awesome for you. I'm just hoping it fits somewhere in all of those greats. <laughs> I hope so too. I think it will, honestly. Uh, yeah. My favorite Christmas song of all time is Christmas Reppin' by Curtis Blow. Ooh. So I am all for those funky, funky, lesser known holiday songs yes as much as i love my jingle bell rock there's always <laughs> room for more <laughs> so what does it mean to you to get to sing this james brown song someone you really look up to um it's definitely a huge honor to uh, be able to have the opportunity uh to do something like this um uh, i never like Two years ago, you could have told me this and I would have been like, absolutely not. I'm never going to do that. But uh, even now uh, and today, I find myself doing things that I'm extremely nervous to do uh, and would never think I would do. And then I get in there and I do it and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love this and I want to do this for however long I live. And this is clearly not the first time you have ever sung before. How long have you been singing for? Um, Well, I I guess you would call it professionally. I don't know. That just sounds so (laughs) weird. (laughs) But I I guess uh, how long I've been professionally with quotation marks Um, uh, singing uh, probably since I started Lion King. And now that I'm progressing into um, uh, producing my own music. Uh, but I, I've been singing since the age of like four, singing around the house, uh, playing church with my family, <laughs> making them sing church songs. Epic. So talking about Lion King, now you were in Lion King for a good while there. The I was. Third, the third longest running Broadway show of all time. Right. 21 so, years now, I think. That's a long time. Yeah, I believe so. Well, Disney on Broadway just celebrated its 25th anniversary. So I, it wasn't the first show. Okay, I'll have to look into that. But 21 years sounds right. We can correct it later. <laughs> yes, we can. So how did you get into that and start your professional journey with the the Disney family. Um, it was definitely by accident. It, it wasn't like we were uh, 
aiming directly for Disney, but um, I went through this uh, talent uh, conference called AMTC, which is sadly mm-hmm. now closed, but they, um, I wouldn't be to the point I am now without them. But um, it's a um, talent conference. Where it, well, it was a talent conference where you would go out to Orlando and um, you would uh, perform in front of these agents and uh, managers of like music and um, uh, acting and uh, things of uh, that nature. And that's where I met my manager, April Baker, which is one of the best managers on this planet. She's amazing. Uh, love her to death. Um that's where I met her. And then I also met this lady named uh, Katie Proctor. And that's where we started talking about Lion King. And then a couple months later, we saw this uh, advertisement on Instagram. It was like uh, they were doing a casting call, an open casting call for a Lion King uh, national tour and on Broadway. And we were like, oh, I guess we'll drive up to New York because at this time we were living in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. And we were like, ah, we'll drive up to New York and we'll do the open casting call. And then um, Katie Proctor, uh, she contacted us and she was like, no, do not go to that casting call. We're going to uh, get you uh, a, a casting call, specific, a private audition, uh, a private audition wow. specifically for you, which was a humongous blessing. And uh, so we didn't go to the open casting call. We went to the private audition. And uh, three days later, I think, uh, that's when I went to the final audition. They said it'll take like a week or two to find out if you got the role. They called us 45 minutes later and asked me if I wanted to be Young Simba on the national tour. So I uh, did that for a year. And then I went to Broadway for three months. And then I went to Just Roll With It. Wow. So... Uh, I, I'm a theater geek too, but for any of our decasters who might not be familiar with theater and with the process of auditioning, auditioning is brutal for anyone. Very I, long process. And it's such a, what's the word? It's an unknowing process. Like you, you yeah. walk in and you very mysterious. Know anything yeah you you never know anything until it actually happens and sometimes you never hear anything at all right so to be a kid and going through that audition process must be I don't know is that super stressful and weird or is it less stressful and weird you know I think the like younger you are the less Uh, things that you like register and actually break down of what's happening in your mind. So like I was younger then, so I was, and and it was a really fun process, super long, but super Mm -hmm. fun. We played games, we interacted uh, with each other. We had fun. Uh, So it really wasn't like anything uh, like stressful, but uh, when it came down to finding out who was going to get the role, that's when it's like, really, when you're like down to the final five and you're like, Uh, who's going to get it? Who's going to get it? (laughs) So uh, that's when it really becomes uh, more stressful. But um, it really wasn't like a super stressful experience. But I think if I would do it now, I would be 100 times more stressed than I was uh, two, three years ago. That makes sense. And I also had a fan question from my friend Eric uh, at Mouseketeeric on Instagram. Uh, He wanted to ask about 
riding ostriches. I know there's a scene <laughs> in the show where you get to ride an ostrich. Mm-hmm. What was that all like? Oh, the first time we were so hyped because we were rehearsing, rehearsing. We were like, we're the ostriches. We want to ride them. We want to ride them. And the first time we got on them, it was I, I it's like better than a roller coaster. <laughs> like I had so much fun. And it's crazy because there's a person inside there with like these little small holes that they have to see out of uh, guiding the mm-hmm. ostrich where to go. So um, I just thought that whole process was like so cool. And I would do it any day. Uh, yes, I would. I would take anyone up on riding one of those ostriches <laughs> any day. Uh, and since you mentioned roller coaster, mm-hmm. uh, now that yes, uh, now that you're uh, further into the Disney family with Disney Channel and Disney on Broadway, how often do you go to Disneyland? You know what. Uh, I went uh, a month or three weeks ago with uh, one of my mm-hmm. friends uh, named Christian. He's on uh, Sydney to the Max. I went with him and his family. Oh, yeah. Had so much fun. And then I, I think there's a possibility we may go again in the next coming week. So I'm starting to go more often because I really mm-hmm. love the Incredicoaster there. My favorite <gasps> roller coaster. Yes, I love the Incredicoaster. Yep. Okay. Do you like riding it better during the daytime or the nighttime? Uh, definitely nighttime. Definitely nighttime. Okay, good. Yeah, the lights <laughs> on that are just so... I, I know, right? I love them. I could talk about that attraction for hours. <laughs> oh, uh, so I, I used to work at the parks in entertainment, and they took us one day uh, out of work and they were like, Oh, guess what you're doing on your lunch break. You're going to get to ride this before the public does. Oh, you got to test it. It was was so cool. And you know, feeling like privileged (laughs) walking, (laughs) walking past the normal guests, like, guess what I got to do today. Uh, but yeah. Do you ever go with a plaid with a guest relations tour guide? Yes, yes. Um, We do get tour guides, but it just depends on what time of year it is. But when we do get them, it's the best thing. Like if you are able to get them, you should definitely get a tour guide. It's so amazing. So fun. Yeah, for sure. They're all uh, amazing people. Yes. Super sweet. Sam, Karen. Yes. Um, And then before we go... I would like to play a game, if that's okay. Of course, I love games. Good. So I hear that you really love the future. You have a fascination with the future. Is this true? A little bit, yeah. Okay. So I had some future-related questions. Okay. Uh, One, I want to know... Would you prefer to ride in a spaceship or teleporter? Oh, man. I I don't know, because, like, those both can be, like, taxing on the body. (laughs) But (laughs) you can get there, like, immediately in a teleporter. But I don't – definitely a teleporter. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. This one's kind of a hardball, so feel (laughs) feel free to (laughs) pass or say something else. If you – were a mad scientist and, <laughs> and inventing one new 
invention, like maybe something that Steve Jobs would showcase at at an arena. What would your <laughs> new invention be? And, and I'm a mad scientist. You know what? Anything for the future. Like if you could invent one thing for the future. Oh wow. Um. Well, since I'm a mad scientist, there has to be like e- something evil in it. So Ooh. it would definitely be a freezer that freezes your food instantly. But if you don't wear the special gloves to it, Ooh. you will be frozen forever. It would freeze your heart and everything. Yes, Sorry, it I just would. saw Frozen too. Yeah, so. me too. Me too. I love. Yeah, I went to the premiere. It was so amazing. One of my Wait, favorite you, movies. Now you got to go to the premiere. Yes. Oh, lucky duck. The like, it, I love the movie, and I I wasn't in, all into Frozen, the first Frozen like that, but mm-hmm. I love Frozen too. Good. Well, it also took a darker tone. Uh, it did. But, a more realistic tone, too. I know, right? I, I'm a little bitter because the D-cast uh, wouldn't let me talk about spoilers oh, the other no. day when we recorded our episode. So uh-huh. if you want to, like, message me and talk spoilers, I would love to do that. Yes. <laughs> and then last future question, because I don't want to harass you too much about no, this. No, you're, you're fine. But... If if you were to tell something to your future self, what do you mm-hmm. want to say to him? Oh wow! If I want to tell something to my future self, um, I would definitely tell my future self to um stay grounded, uh, stay family oriented, uh, mm-hmm. because those will always be the people who will have your back in the end. Yeah, yeah. and you certainly seem like you have an awesome family behind you and an awesome team of people who are who are real in your life and doing good things to support you so i hope that continues yes all right so as we wrap up may i ask where our audience can find you or anything you'd like to plug oh man okay so you can find me on instagram at i am ramon.read that's no capital oh is it capitals no no that's no capitals or spaces at i am ramon.read and that's a ramon without an e and not raymond uh yeah (laughs) that's uh, pretty much where you can find me Hey there, guys. Thanks for listening to that amazing interview with Brooke and Ramon. I am super excited about this kid's future. My goodness. I, I, man, talk about triple threat, you know? He's dancing on Broadway, he's singing, he's recording artists, he's an actor. Like, man, talk about possible EGOT. Like, seriously, this kid has a future ahead of him, man. And it sounds like he has a great supportive family that kind of keeps his head on straight, which is what you need in this industry. I'll tell you what. So, thank you so much, Brooke. If you're, if you're not following Brooke, uh, who just did the interview there, Go on Instagram, Pink Sparkly Tutu, I believe, is her Instagram handle. I would go and just follow her because her and her her, her fun uh, snowy snow bear she takes everywhere all around the Disney parks. Just <laughs> funny, great content. So make sure you go and follow her. She did an amazing job. Let her know what an amazing job she did on the interview. Also, you heard Ramon's socials there. Make sure you follow him. Also, guys, make sure you follow us on all the various social media networks. Go to the decast.net or the disinsider.com to find out how. Also, on the decast.net, you can buy t shirts you can support our patreon all that fun stuff and so much cool stuff's happening on this show 
super excited about the future of it. Super excited about other shows we have coming out in January. We have the Marvel show coming out. We have the Disney Park show. We're literally going to have four to five shows a week. We have other interviews with other influencers and creators and Imagineers and a possible Disney legend. Not possible. The guy, this person is a Disney legend who we, we very well may be able to interview. No, we're going. Well, I was told by his agent we could. Just we had to wait till January. Super excited about this one, um, guys. I just. As we're closing out uh, this episode, I just want to thank you guys. This show has been going for seven years in March, and it, it's been a lot of work, but I'm so thankful for the, everyone who's been involved in the crew and people who, who go and share this show with their friends and their love of Disney. And as the Disney company's grown, we've grown as well. Uh, even though we have no affiliation with Disney, um, we love reporting Disney. We love everything under the Disney umbrella. So with that, guys, make sure you follow us on all the social media networks. Check everything out. And uh, have a great and safe holiday weekend if you're in the United States. And to everyone else, have a happy holiday season. And we'll see you next week on the DCast. cast